mindfulness mode. It's going to get better. You're not alone. And there's a lot of us out there. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to the show again today. And I'm really looking forward to talking to my guests today because we're going to be talking about borderline personality disorder, something that I could learn a lot more about. I know some things about it already, but this guest, wow. This guest is really incredibly special and I'll tell you why. Because not only does he have this condition, but he is passionate about getting the message out there about what this means, how to deal with it, all this kind of stuff. And he's so so crazy about putting the message out there that he actually started a podcast called Crazy Talk. <laughs> How about that? You're so crazy about getting the message out that you start your own podcast to talk about it and to just open up. I mean, I don't know what it must be like to be that open that you just want to tell the world, you know, what's going on within you. Well, he grew up in a household where he felt unloved, he felt unwanted, and he was constantly ridiculed regarding his sexuality. And so many people I know, if if you had those things going on, myself included, if I had that stuff going on, I would be like closing up. I, I'm just sure I would be more tend to, tending to close up rather than open up and think, hey, I'm going to share this with the world and I'm going to just try to make the world a better place by sharing it. But that's what he has done. So here he is. My guest is Trevon Worley. Trevon, welcome to Mindfulness Mode. Are you feeling in Mindfulness Mode today? I am, yes. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. My pleasure. And so, Trevon, what does mindfulness mean to you? So, to me, mindfulness is being aware, um, but on a deeper level. Like, you're aware of, you're really self-aware of how your actions impact not only others, but the world around you and how, like, you're experiencing your life. Because um, it's too often we can get caught up in the emotions, um, the, uh, future worries, past worries, and we're not like really living in the moment and we're living in these emotions. And so being self-aware is, or being mindful is being able to dive deep and, um, oof, lost my train of thought. Sorry. Well, Trevon, I just want to ask you this, like you grew up in this environment that I described a little bit of it and you would pray for God to change you, hoping that that you would be fixed and that it would help to make your family love you and all that kind of thing. So as a result of that, do you feel like an introvert or an extrovert? And I want to talk more about that feeling that you had. Yeah, so it's funny that you asked that. So for a long time, I would consider myself an introvert. Introvert. Right. Yeah. But now I find that I really do. I am an ex, an extrovert. Right. I love peopling. I love being around people. But that fear of people that was instilled in me as a young age really made me withdraw. Um, and I kind of saw the world as a scary place. So, like I said, I just withdrew and I became an introvert. I see. Yeah, I understand that. Do you have contact with your family now? Do you have a, a relationship with them? I tried, um, but within the last year, I just decided that it was better for my mental health to not. Okay. 
So you just kind of pulled away and, and you just find your own, your own thing, whatever feeds you. And does your podcast feed you? Absolutely. So what have um, you learned and how has that helped you grow by having this podcast? It's helped tremendously because first, not only do I get to like dive deep into myself and, you know, really get to the core of my own feelings, but I've brought on some amazing guests and I have some future guests that um, have gone through experiences and shared similar experiences that mm -hmm. actually they have given me lots of guidance, um, lots of tools. So that's really been very helpful. Oh, awesome. Well, Tell me this. I know that in your bio, it says that you uh, have borderline personality disorder. So were you officially diagnosed with that? Yes, I was diagnosed at the age of 17. 17. Okay. So not so very long ago then. Correct. Yep. Almost 10 years ago. Okay. And so tell our listeners a little bit about what that means. Okay. So um, borderline personality disorder is like it says, it's a personality disorder. Um, and we it's classified by having very intense emotions, unstable relationships, and, um, you know, self-harm. Um, it's really hard to diagnose because it covers like a broad range of disorders. Um, so, but typically like us, we have trouble maintaining long-term relationships because most of us have experienced uh, abuse as kids. Mm -hmm. um, so that just, we learned unhealthy patterns and our brain kind of stays in this protective defensive mode for a long, long time until we unlearn those patterns. Right. And so I know that you probably experienced some swings from extreme closeness to extreme dislike of people, that kind of thing. Can you remember a situation where maybe you had a friend or a relationship and then all of a sudden you just thought, I can't be friends with this person anymore? Absolutely. So in um, BPD ling lingo, we call that splitting. Oh. Um, because what happens is our emotions are very, very intense. They, um, it's almost like they can consume us. It, it feels so intense that our mind kind of goes into this protective mode. Mm -hmm. And so instead of just like feeling it, we like turn off, we turn off all the emotions and we go cold. So that's why we call it splitting. Oh. So, um, for instance, um, I have this long-term friend. We've been friends since high school. And then anytime I feel like a hint of that they don't like me, or if I get into my head that, you know, I'm being annoying or they're not doing what I think a friend should do, then I'm just like, I can't maintain this relationship. Luckily, you know, she's always been there and been supportive. And she knows we're very, I'm very open with my disorder. So she knows what I struggle with. And she's able to just give me my time and talk to me about it. But you know, most people can't deal with that intense fluctuations. Yeah. yeah. Is there an element of mindfulness that helps you with this disorder? Oh, abs absolutely. And this is a new thing that I've kind of learned um, this year is, you know, the self-awareness is very vital to borderline personality disorder because it's so easy to get lost in our emotions that we don't see anything else but emotion. Mm-hmm. So being able to just stop and recognize what you're feeling, accept that you're feeling it and just accept that it, it is what it is. You know, that's kind of my motto now. You just, you, there's nothing you can do about 
about the situ particular situation. Like for us, like it's very, it's very like light situations that will get us there. Like for instance, I in my podcast I talk about how um, unfortunately like traffic really it really gets me going. Um, and then at one one particular instance, I got so mad that this lady cut me off that I became the reckless driver. And then in that moment, I was like, once I was like, wait a minute, I'm in the wrong here. This just because I'm mad doesn't mean I need to be acting this way. Right. And I need to be more conscious of the behavior that right. I'm doing. Yeah. Have you ever tried meditation? Absolutely. Um, so I do have very bad ADHD and get distracted very easily. Mm -hmm. But I am working on it because it definitely is a helpful tool. Yeah. Have you ever been hypnotized? Have you ever had that experience? No. Yeah. No, but that definitely sounds interesting. Yeah. Well, it is definitely interesting. I've been helping people through hypnosis for quite some time. And, and wow, because then you can reach in and learn about some of the maybe childhood traumas or some of the situations and and deal with them in a way that doesn't feel threatening in a mm -hmm. way that kind of helps your subconscious mind realize hey uh that happened that's why i do a lot of the things i do but i can now move forward you know that kind of mm -hmm. thing i'm not i'm not necessarily saying that that's a perfect answer for you but i'm just saying that i've had people that i've worked with that that has really made a big difference for but yeah that that, that definitely sounds like it could it could be beneficial because with bpd like i said like our our emotions get so intense we can get lost in the emotions and um our brains have a very good way at like tucking things away so you don't see them. So when you're displaying an emotion, like for me, when I'm getting mad, it's very important to ask yourself, like, why am I acting this way? Why does this actually trigger me so bad? So, so like, as, until, and then, mm -hmm. as we uh, have this conversation right now, can you feel that feeling and imagine that feeling of what it's like when you do get that anger and that anger starts to take over you? Absolutely. What's that like? Uh, yeah. Um, it's very, very intense. Um, it's like, like the best way I can, it's literally like the feeling consumes you. There's nothing else. But like when I get mad, it's just nothing but anger. And I see the world like everything is just bad. Um, and it's just, it. it's so hard to explain, but it's like, you can physically feel the feelings balling up in you and like covering you from head to toe. Wow. So it's like you're wearing it, putting wearing that anger as a costume. What part of your body do you feel it in the most? It's a little weird, but my neck. So okay. when I get really, really mad, like I often just like reach for my neck, not like, you know, I just like, oh, uh, like give it a light squeeze because I don't know, that's just... All I can do, it helps a little bit. I guess it's just like pressuring on the tension or something. But that's just where I feel it all. It's just like all bottling up there. Right, right. Well, I know that that this disorder sometimes causes people to have like impulsive behaviors like spending sprees or substance problems, reckless driving. You talked about the driving one already. But what about substances? Has that been an issue for you? Absolutely. I have um, struggled with substance abuse since I was 12 years old. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, 
yeah, my mom and my older sister actually introduced me to smoking marijuana mm -hmm. um, at 12. And I spent years and years just thinking that was the only way that I could feel better. Anytime I got mad, I was just smoking. Um, anytime I had anxiety, I was just smoking. And it took me until this year when I started my podcast, you know, I just did a little test, be like, maybe I don't need this. Um, and then I really came to the awakening that I've been using that as to mask my symptoms and I don't need that to feel better. Wow. So way to go. So you've, you've backed off on that significantly then. Absolutely. Oh, that's fantastic. Because, you know, like for some people, it really can help them, I'm sure. Uh, mm -hmm. But sometimes if it becomes like you're describing that situation where you're just kind of doing it all the time, then absolutely. it's going to numb your emotions, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about eating? Have you had any problems with eating disorders at all? Oh, yes. And it's, oh, yeah? once again, I didn't, I didn't write like this podcast has been really eye-opening for me. Uh -huh. um, and I didn't really recognize this until I did an episode on addiction. I did it right. on addiction. Yeah. Um, but um, I have this binge eating problem that I am still currently working on, but I could go all day without eating. But then once that nighttime hits, it's just, I can't stop eating. Mm. And that kind of comes stems from like, when I was a child, my grandparents used to lock the fridge. So, you know, you kind of, there was always a lock on the fridge. Everything was hidden. So you just kind of snuck food when you could. Oh, wow. Yeah, that must have had a, a real impact on you. Because I assume that as a child, there were times when you were really hungry and you just wanted to eat, but you couldn't. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So that must be tough as an adult. So, so what are some of the foods that you have problems with binge eating? Oh. Um, any, anything. Oh. So that's why, like, I actually, um, my stepson hates it, but I do not buy soda anymore. Yeah. Um, or juice. We just strictly drink water because I'll drink it all. Yeah. Um, and then I don't really keep snacks around because it'll just go way too quick. I want to ask you about suicidal behaviors, suicidal thoughts, or cutting. Any, do you have any of those kinds of concerns or issues? Um, yes. So I was a big self-harmer when I was a kid. Um, it started out, I was like burning myself, and then I started cutting myself. Um, and that really was because... Growing up in my household, you couldn't say or do anything like mm. and, you know, like I said, like it was a very abusive and toxic household and any type of feelings were just you weren't allowed to have them. So self-harm was my way of letting out my emotions without her hurting anybody. And it took me a long time to realize that just because I'm not hurting other people doesn't mean it's beneficial because it's still hurting harmful to me. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you a couple of other things. I want to ask you about bullying. If you've, mm -hmm. uh, thinking back, if you have a story about bullying, which maybe involved someone else or mo mostly yourself or something, where mindfulness maybe would have made a difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my, I didn't experience much bullying from school, thankfully. Um, my family was my biggest, biggest bully, um, particularly my mom and my oldest sister. Um, 
you know, you could look at it as either if they were more mindful, you know, they probably wouldn't have acted that way. But I could have been more mindful also in my reactions. You know, unfortunately, as a kid, you know, there wasn't much I could do about what was going on in my household. Mm -hmm. But I did have control over how I reacted. And at that young age, I thought reacting and forcing my feelings onto everybody was the way. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely not the way. So being more mindful and, you know, acknowledging my situation, acknowledging my feelings and actually allowing myself to feel those feelings would have gone very far for me. Yeah. I know that one of your episodes on your show was uh, called Coming Out. And I'm Mm -hmm. wondering if you can talk a little bit about that and how maybe mindfulness played a role in that. Absolutely. Um, So coming out for me was very, very hard. Um, And it's unfortunately like that for a lot of people, Um, especially when you grow up in a very homophobic household where they made it very known that they were not okay with it. Um, but being mindful, especially the way I came out was a very not appropriate way. I came out in an argument with my grandmother and I kind of used my sexuality to weaponize her like as Mm. a weapon. Like I knew it would take her there. Like I knew it would really get her mad. So Mm. I'm just like, where are you? I'm like, that's why I'm gay. And then I actually got kicked out the house, but, um, so I definitely could have been more mindful and so aware of that situation um, on how I was coming out and using the appropriate language. And I could have actually sat my grandmother down and talked to her in a more appropriate manner mm-hmm. versus, you know, screaming and fighting and using it as like a weapon. Mm-hmm. Well, you talked about your mother. You talked about your grandmother. You talked about your older sister. What about your father or do you have any other simpl- siblings? Um, yes, I have, um, I have two other sisters and a brother and my father, he has been in and out of my life, um, cause he was in jail for most of it. And then the parts that he was not in my life, I mean, the parts that he was out of jail, um, he's really showed, just showed me time and time again, that he's not the father I need from him. So he actually reached out to me this year, um, right before I did my podcast and he said he wanted to build a relationship i gave him another chance and literally the first words out of his mouth is you've gained some weight i'm like thanks and it's just he just keeps showing that he's just not mature or not someone that i want in my life so i told him i made the decision until you can be a better person i'm just not ready for to build a relationship with you right Right. Well, I know your podcast is called Crazy Talk, and there are quite a number of podcasts called Crazy Talk. So when I go in and look at it, uh, tell us about the image that we see. I think, it, if I remember, was there bl- uh, blue text? I kind of forget what it looked like. Can you tell? It was. Us? It was a black. It was a back. Um, ooh, it was a black background with red, big red bold text. Um, I chose that because it really stands out yeah. and. The crazy talk really resonated with me because for most of my life and a lot of people with BPD were just dismissed and told we're crazy. Anytime we're trying to express ourselves or feelings, that's just crazy. It's no big deal. The big, like I said, because we're easily, we're very emotional people. Mm-hmm. So what's big to us is very often not a big deal to anybody else. But 
that still does not diminish the importance of our feelings. You know, our feelings are valid. And that's the main message I really want to get across. Like for us, like we're not crazy. We are people, we have feelings and we have been through trauma. Trevon, if you could write a book, what would that book be like? And what would be some of the themes besides what you just already finished saying? Um, so if I were to write a book, it would really be, I think it would stress them. It would be about surviving abuse in a household and, you know, having your voice constantly silenced and kind of like how to go, like get, survive that really. Because sir, at, when you're young, there's really nothing you can do. We've, I've been through the courts. I've told teachers, I did a lot and nobody, nobody cared about my voice. So unfortunately, like when you're going through that as a child, you're just made to suffer through that. And mm. surviving that is very important and not every kid does. Why do you think some kids are able to get help and others are not? You know, that's, that's a big question I've asked myself a lot. Um, right. And I honestly, I don't know. I mm -hmm. really wish every, every single kid could get help. But like when I, even when I like talk about my story to other people, they're still very surprised that nobody helped me. Mm -hmm. um, and I still, I'll have family members talk to me now, like, no, well, not now, but um, when I was trying to build my relationships or whatever, I had a lot of people tell me, oh, I'm, I'm sorry you had experienced that. Like, I didn't, I don't even tell them my story, but they know because they saw it firsthand, but did nothing to help me. They're just like, oh, I just, you know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say, but, you know, I, it's my personal opinion that if you see a kid being abused, then you shouldn't think that's their kid, their problem. You know, every kid needs our protection and it's very important that we just don't dismiss them because kids aren't just making up stuff just to make up stuff, you know? Yeah, for sure. Trevon, what do you love? What do you love in life? I love, you know, I do. I love nature. Nature okay. is very beautiful. Um, and that's something, you know, growing up, I never thought I'd be into, but take me to a nice long uh, hike and it's just the best thing ever. Mm, do you love hiking? Do you love winter? Do you love like skiing or winter sports or anything like that? Snowshoeing or anything? Um, no, no, I'm not really um, a sports guy. I mm -hmm. love, I do crochet. I love crocheting. I've been crocheting okay. for about 10 years too. So Okay, that's good. What sort of things do you crochet? Blankets. <laughs> that, that's, a, blankets? that's about all I know how to crochet, yeah. Okay, well, blankets are awesome because a lot of people... There are a lot of people that are cold, especially where I live. Absolutely. And that's one thing um, I have been doing lately now that I've been able to have a little more time um, with um, my life. I've been crocheting a lot more and I'll take them to this homeless shelter I, I was at when I was 18. Um, awesome. and I'll donate them to them or the, like around my city. Unfortunately, we do have a lot of people sleeping out there. Yeah. Um, so I'm not in a financial that I could really help them. But, you know, I can make sure you're not cold. And I will literally, I keep a blanket in my car just in case. So if I see somebody, I'll, gi I'll give it to you. That's awesome. So when you do this crocheting, do you create patterns and colors and things like that? Or do you just crochet all in one color? Or what do you do? Um, so I crochet, I usually crochet in uh, different colors because the way my ADHD is set up, like one color is just too boring for me. Mm -hmm. And I'll get very... 
uninterested. But if I if I'm often switching it up, then it keeps my mind intrigued and I stay on it. And do you use the color wheel or do you just kind of think, oh, I love this color. I'll start with this and then I'll do yeah, this I'm color. just random. I'll just I just go with what I see. And then my store, unfortunately, is very bad with keeping colors. But um, I'm very I'm very basic. Like right now I'm crocheting this really big rainbow blanket, which I'm so proud of. It's like the biggest blanket I've ever crocheted. Oh, wow. But, yeah. And will you donate it as well? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Wow. Well, as we move forward, I want to ask you five quick answer questions, Trayvon. And uh, so just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person that really inspires you? One person that you really look up to? One person that you really admire in life? And it could be an author. It could be a famous person. It could be someone that you know personally. It could be anyone. You know, I would say... My aunt has always been a big inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we're not that really close. We're not really that close. But growing up, she really gave me someone to look up to and really gave me that kind of like an entrepreneurship kind of mindset mm-hmm. um, and do it yourself. She was always like this big businesswoman, independent, self-made. And that's really who I've always looked up to. Wow, that's fantastic. And uh, is she still supportive of you and and what you do in your life? Is she a person who is not homophobic, for instance? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. She's always so like, one one thing with growing up, I was never allowed to have like contact with outside people, um, because my grandparents did not want me to be gay. So they thought any interaction with boys, I was gay, or if I was hanging out with girls, I was too girly. So like, they would block all the internets from me i wasn't allowed to have a phone so my aunt she would she would like sneak me a phone so i could talk to my friends or she would um you know take me out and do stuff with her so that way i could be out of that house oh she was really supportive then no wonder you said her wow And, and did that end up being any kind of conflict with your grandparents or your parents um luckily they never knew it was always very very sly until um, they listen to this episode. Well, but my grandparents, my grandma is dead, unfortunately. Okay, she I died see. in 2016 of breast cancer. Oh, um, okay. And my grandpa, he he's my step-grandfather, and he mm-hmm. really doesn't really care about us since she died. So Okay. Well, I'm sorry about the fact that she's passed, you know, that your yeah. grandmother has passed. My second question, Trayvon, is about emotions, your emotions, and how mindfulness has helped you deal with your emotions in a better way. Mm, okay. Um, so the first thing is definitely, like, mindfulness has definitely helped us. Like I said, it's definitely a big part of recovery for BPD because you have to be aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um and because of our because our emotions are so intense, it's literally like in one episode I describe it, my eyesight will literally go like diminish. Like it's like the peripheral, it goes black. So it's so intense, it can kind of like blind you from reality. So being aware of that and being able to be mindful of that is very, very important. That way you can kind of like stop yourself from re- reacting in that emotion. And then, so now for me, um, I've been able to recognize my patterns and recognize my signs of when I'm getting triggered. So I will just go take myself away from the situation 
and I can just sit there in my feelings. And now I can allow, accept my feelings for what they are versus trying to like change the situation. Um, and that's really a big thing. Allowing yourself to sit in your emotions and feel them is very important because often it'll be done in like 30 minutes or in my last episode, I talked about how it literally took me one day four hours of sitting there. Just, I couldn't leave my room because I knew if I left my room, I would be hurting other people. Like mm -hmm. not physically, but emotionally, I'd be taking my feelings out on them. And that's where being self-aware of your behavior and your patterns is very, very vital. Right. My next question is about breathing. Is there any uh, thought about breathing that you can share with us that maybe helps you that is related to mindfulness? And um, Yeah. Breathe. So breathing, it's very good with the, um, like, I think it's like the nervous system. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of gets you to control yourself um, because like, especially like when you're getting triggered, your brain kind of goes like in fight or flight mode. Yes. And then like for me, like your heart starts beating fast, my palms get sweaty and my breathing definitely quickens. So if you can regulate that, you can regulate your system and come down from that high intense feelings of emotion. Right. And that's very important. And Apple, like I have an Apple watch and they have a breathing app that is very, I use all the time. Oh, that's, that's awesome. And I was going to ask about an app, so you've just answered that. Is there a book? Is there any book that you've ever found that's been helpful for you? Yeah, so I actually um, got this new book a uh, few weeks, or like last week, um, called Mindfulness, A Practical Guide to Awakening. Mm -hmm. um, and that is very, very good. Um, it's more on the spiritual side, which I don't really consider myself spiritual, but yet it's it's still very, it still resonates with me. And it has a lot of information on mindfulness. And it goes into detail about like the multiple pillars of mindfulness. Um, and it's just, I highly recommend it. It's very good. That's good. We'll put that in our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com, Mindful Tribe. So, wow, thanks for answering all these questions. This is really awesome, Trayvon. And uh, I just wanted to ask you this question. If you talked about entrepreneurship a little bit and your, your aunt and so on, if you were able to take on any kind of entrepreneurial project, what would that be if you knew you would be successful? I think anything that really resonates with me personally and gets my brain very like creative. I'm a very creative person. Um, I would do that. Like for instance, I like last year I had this little side business making resin crafts and mm -hmm. that was pretty successful until, you know, my mental health got the best of me and I just pushed myself too hard and mm -hmm. I just had to take a break. But stuff that really gets my creative juices flowing would probably And tell be us more about those crafts that you made. What sorts of things were they? Oh, see, well, the thing was I did everything so that's why it was too it was a little too much for oh, me oh. but um you know i made uh, like little decor trays um uh, did you big make one, tabletops like, oh no <laughs> did you make keychains yeah keychains and coasters and ashtrays and stuff like that and yeah, that, you know, I was very surprised, like, but that did pretty good. And that was like the first thing because I'm very like, 
I'm a very like scared person. So I don't, I'm very nervous when I like put myself out there. Mm -hmm. But that was the first thing I like really put myself out there for. And then to see that it did so well was really, it was very eye-opening for me. So good for you. Well, Trevon, do you have any final words of advice? Maybe anybody listening who is suffering some challenges with mental health, do you have any final words of advice for that listener? Yeah, um, you're not alone. Um, I know it can feel very isolating, lonely, and feels like you're the only person experiencing this, but you know, it's going to get better. You're not alone. And there's a lot of us out there. And it's very important just to find a community, a community that you can resonate with, because that's very vital for uh, maintaining our health, mental health. Awesome. Well, Trevon, I want to thank you one more time for being a guest on Mindfulness Mode and and for doing what you do with your podcast, Crazy Talk, and and for being on with me as a guest. Like you're just willing to open up and and be vulnerable and share. So thank you for all that. Absolutely. I think it's very important. And you know, mental illness is so stigmatized. And even though it's being a lot more people are talking about it, it's still everybody feels so alone. So I think it's just so important that more and more people talk about it and open up. Yeah, I do too. Well, you have a great rest of your day, Trayvon. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye Bye. now. Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for leaving comments. And also thanks for checking out my YouTube channel. You can go directly there by typing in mindfulnessmode.com TV or just go to YouTube and search Mindfulness Mode Podcast. I'd always appreciate any comments, likes, subscribes to the podcast there on the on YouTube. And with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.